0: Look, up on the slopes. What is that? Well, it looks like a pair of cross-country skiers going downhill. No, it must be some alpine skiers with broken bindings. Wait, on closer inspection, it's... Those Telly Guys.
1: Alrighty. G'day, folks. Welcome to episode 16. Um, and We're going to talk about something that I haven't been talking about enough recently, and that's uh, telemark skiing. Um, I'm excited to be on on the show. My name's Ferg, um, and we got Rich and Morgs on the line. Are you there somewhere?
2: Well, G'day, Ferg. Thanks uh, for the introduction, and hello, Rich. How are you?
0: G'day. Yes, uh, that was a great introduction, Ferg. Nice to have you on the show again. And Morgs, I'm I'm well. It's been snowing up on the mountains, so that's good news. That
2: is good news. And it was nice to uh, talk to Sven last week. I thoroughly enjoyed sitting down and having a chat with him and talking all things telemark skiing in Japan and New Zealand and Australia and all things ice cream. And I really enjoyed watching his uh, famous video of skiing down. on that powder day in Japan while he was eating the ice cream. So uh, yeah, I found that quite entertaining and thanks to Sven for coming on the podcast with us.
0: Yeah, it'll be quite a challenge for him to eat the green tea ice cream out of that little cup with the spoon with his uh, (laughs) GoPro selfie stick out and about. But if he gets back to Japan, I'm keen to see that for sure. What do you think of the show, Ferg?
1: Oh, excellent. As always, I suppose the last couple have been um, standouts as well with the MM, MSC uh, Mountain Sports Collective episode uh, with Simon um, from MSC. I guess something that stood out there is he sounded like a bit of a bit of a dirtbag. Live live for the mountains and just the the fact that he you know skiing mates packing rucksacks in his in his house that he called it that that just brought back a few memories of you know live cheap and just try and ski lots so that's was, that was a pretty exciting episode as well the last, i've enjoyed the last couple yeah
2: absolutely and you can always guarantee when ferg's involved with a ski mission you're going to be eating tuna and pasta for dinner <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then you'll wash it wash it wash it down with port it so it'll be all good four liters of tawny port <laughs>
0: Oh, what did you think of the uh, the Tim Tam Slam with the port there? For obviously a port connoisseur yourself, uh, would that be something you'd be into?
1: It's pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, I'm, I was definitely jealous that they thought of that and came up with it. And so, I'll definitely be trying that out as soon as I have the two in my hands at once. So I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty um, jealous that they came up with that. So. I, <laughs> I do appreciate the, the intricacies of, us, of it that you guys are talking about. In the, is it a proper slammer in that it doesn't melt? But really, when you combine those two things, that's, that's pretty, pretty off the charts, I reckon.
2: <laughs> Makes for some elite dining, I suppose. And uh, how are things over in the Barossa Valley, mate?
1: The vintage is good this year. Yeah, absolutely. The vintage is good this year. Uh, oh, the snow report, I'm guessing you're wanting.
0: Bogong Bulletin, the snow report. Here we go. This is the Bogong Bulletin.
1: Oh, okay, yes. Um, <laughs> well, the the deeper patches up on the Mount Lofty Ranges um, are getting towards zero centimetres at the moment. So, solid zero on this. That's the, the
2: that's the peak depth for the season, though, isn't it? Zero centimetres. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we've reached the peak well and truly.
0: What about Mount Thebeton?
2: Yeah, oh, Thetford! Rumour, rumour has it that you were at Mount Thetford, though, Ferg, in the last yep. few weeks.
1: Yep. All the talk um, about Thetford made me want to take a fine lady on a date to Mount Thetford and uh, experience uh, <laughs> all the hype that had been talked, all the history that had been talked about. There is a solid layer of ice there at the moment. No snow, though. Just
2: oh, bugger! And can you just confirm that ice skating is great? Cross training for Telemark skiing, Ferg, because uh, I, I'm interested.
1: Uh, well, it, funnily <laughs> enough, ice, ice skating is very, very similar to Nordic Nordic skating. It was I was blown away by the similarity of the movement. You know, putting weight on one foot and gliding, and then putting weight on the other foot. So I was pretty chuffed. That was my skiing for the year done.
0: Some exciting times, or at least you got to slide on something. Even in South Australia, yeah. But um, we should get stuck into today's episode and that is how to get into telly in Australia anyway. And this has stemmed from an email that received from Jacob Taranto a while ago and we said we'd base an episode off his his email. And he basically wrote a lovely long email asking a whole bunch of questions and the key dot points from that, how do you get into telly skiing, How do you get younger people interested in telemark skiing? Where can you find the gear? What sort of gear should you get? Are there any events in New South Wales or Victoria to try telemark skiing or borrow gear? And how do you get good at telemark skiing? So, I guess we'll just discuss those questions for Jacob. And thanks again for writing in. But uh, the first question, uh, how to get into tele skiing? What do you think, fellas?
2: Uh, well, I'll chime I'll in first there, Rich. I think that, um, well, I guess like all of us have mentioned in, in previous episodes, the way that we got into free hill skiing was, um, you know, via the convention of some sort of educational institution, whether that be a university or a TAFE or even a high school. Um, so, uh, you know, there seems to be some sort of theme in the southern states of Australia and, um, you know, the links with the... Uh, that type of skiing equipment and uh, outdoor education, I suppose, as it might seem. But I guess, in a like to answer the question of how do you get into it, um, it's quite difficult. I guess, probably the best way, if you aren't in a situation where you are attending a university or a TAFE, you probably need to um, be relying on knowing some people with free heel gear because, as we have uh, lamented <laughs> before. It's quite hard to buy or rent, um, like in in an official capacity, any sort of telemark equipment. What what do you guys think?
1: I suppose the um, yeah, outdoor education um, is one major way that the people that I've met that telly um, have got into it. Another another way is perhaps being um, a son or daughter of parents that are right into skiing and they've. Got the tele gear hanging around, as you say, um, or easier, easier access because they te- either they tell it themselves or they've done it in the past. So that's definitely um, another way that um, I've met other younger people telling. So yeah, you're right. It is it is quite hard to get into um, just out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Well.
0: As I often say to people, teleskiing is 10% skill, 90% magic. So would you recommend perhaps going down to Ollivander's wand store in Diagon Alley and and purchasing something with like Sondre Norheim's like leg hair inside? Maybe it's a (laughs) ski pole and you then harness the magic to learn the craft. I mean, that's what I did anyway. Thoughts on that?
1: What do you mean by that? (laughs)
2: It means that it's it's fiction. Telemark scheme doesn't exist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so one thought that I did just have then was that um, if you are in the, in the New South Wales setup, and I guess uh, that's where, I don't know, if, well, I guess Jacob's not specifically asking these questions for himself. He might be, or, you know, he might just be asking them for the benefit of uh, humankind, which we'll assume, <laughs> but... <laughs> he he's from New South Wales, I believe. And I know that uh, the wilderness store um, in Ginderbine has, well, they obviously have their, their shop front in Ginderbine, and I believe they still have a shop up on the mountain at Perisher and they have a whole swag of equipment for uh, available for rent or for hire.
0: Yeah. So definitely going into a known store, and asking some questions about getting gear would be a good start, I suppose, for sure.
1: And I suppose you, once you go into the, that store and when you visit multiple times, you'll get to know them and they'll get to know you. And perhaps, yeah, if you're friendly enough to them and you're willing to give some business to them, maybe they'll give you some discounts in return. Or, um, yeah, perhaps if your boots don't fit properly, you can bring them back there and they can help you sort that issue out. and um maybe push them out a little bit fix the binding that you broke so yeah building that relationship with say people like brian in mount beauty or um dog down at emc in melbourne yeah that's definitely another way to to get into it and get stoked and have some source of um cheaper gear rather than paying full price top dollar yeah
2: I was going to say, unless you wanted to add anything pertinent, Rich, I'll fire away with the next question, um, which is, and, and I would also like to, uh, to answer because I had, uh, had a funny anecdote. Um, how do you get younger people interested in telemark skiing? And, and my, my first thoughts when I, <laughs> when I read this question was, I believe, I can't remember if we were at False Creek or at Mount Buller Ridge, but you and I were sitting on a chairlift with a young chap and uh, you know it, we'd been sitting on the chairlift for quite a few minutes, and, and no, no conversation had started. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look down at him, and you're like, "Oh yeah, you, you ever seen these these uh, these bindings before? These skis? It's, it's Telemark uh, skiing." And, and the kid goes, "Yeah, I've tried it. It's shitty." Like, <laughs> you, know, <he> was, <laughs> you know, he's you know he's probably this like 14 year old. <laughs> he's like, yeah.
0: It <laughs> seems like he'd made his mind up, hadn't he? <laughs> so, my tactic that day didn't work, trying to uh, show someone telemark skiing or at least the equipment. Turns out he didn't like it. Um, the other tactic I did have also failed, which was standing at the corner of um, Wombat's Ramble with a trench coat on, with uh, telemark bindings inside that trench coat and offering them to people. Um, on the sly, but that just got me arrested. So, I don't really know the, yeah. <laughs> the answer, to be honest. That was an expensive bail that time as well. It was very expensive. It seems like the, for most people, unless, like you said, for your parents are into it, um, they can kind of take you out. I know uh, a listener, George from South Australia, has uh, written in and explained how he got his kids into tarmac skiing, which is purely just having more gear um, around and, and and passing that down to the kids when the time was right. But I know when I was growing up, yeah, I just didn't have that kind of background, family background, so it was never an option. And I'm just not in a, a place right now where I've uh, been able to... Uh, get younger kids into telemark skiing, even in an educational sense. Um, at the school that I work at, it's kind of mostly downhill skiing with a bit of cross-country skiing, but they're never really at the point of learning telly skiing. They're always kind of learning how to stand up at that point. So, I'll have to investigate this one a bit further. What are your thoughts, Ferb?
1: It is. It is tough when you face the um, I guess the, that notion that's already made up in the young kid's mind, isn't it, that you encountered on the cheerlift. Um, I've always, my attempts to try and get other young folk interested in telemark skiing involves skiing through through all the, you know, park rats at the, through the park and hitting the big 60 footer on my, on my free heel gear. Uh, but most of the time that just ends with me uh, in the ski patrol, um, getting carted away in the in the blood bucket, so that that doesn't normally work either. But um, yeah, you do you, you you have hope that you know the younger younger people do get a or see perhaps like um, the films that Josh Josh Madsen and um, and the hall Productions that they produ- produce that you do hope that perhaps young people will get the stoke and that you can do um, some pretty cool stuff on telemark skis. You do hope that that catches the eye of younger people and that, yeah, that'll perhaps that'll get young people interested, but yeah, you you are faced with, um, I guess, people's mindsets already made up or yeah, perhaps the cost of getting the gear in the, in the family, that that's always um, a hard one that you're up against. So yeah, that's, Sort of my thoughts on getting younger people involved in, in skiing. It's quite hard, isn't it, to get them, get them hooked?
0: Oh, I will note on those cross-country ski days at the school that I've worked at, If I, there was a kid that had more advanced skills that may have downhill skied for a while. Um, and they, they might have seen me do a, a tally turn on the skinny skis, barely, but still a silly telly turn. Um, they were intrigued and wanted to learn. So, there was, there had been some opportunities um, to teach younger kids and, you know, they kind of caught the bug or it seems like they did, which is a good thing, Um, whether they followed it up or not when they got back home, I'm not sure. But, yeah, that might um, touch on the next question, Ferg, you were talking about um, passing on gear, to your kids, if you're parents. Um, and the question that Jacob had is, uh, where can you find gear? Where's the best place to get the gear? What are your thoughts?
1: Corners of the street's normally pretty good to <laughs> get gear. <laughs> Sorry. Uh,
2: I'll, I'll jump in. I'm, I'm going to say the, the best place to find Telemark gear is on Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree or through uh, through word of mouth. But, um, but, you know, particularly if you're new to skiing, then, you know, you might... Have trouble finding contacts who are going to own any any ski gear at all, let alone telemark skiing gear.
0: Yeah, I would 100% agree with you. And I often check those places to see what's there, and it seems like you do as well, Morgs. You're often sending me the same link to something that uh, I've seen as well. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there, including you know some older bindings that are still really good. Like I often see hammerheads pop up on you know, some sort of nice planks, as well as, you know, an absolute plethora of old-school three-pin bindings that are out there that people are trying to flog off for whatever price they can. So, yeah, there's some stuff out there. You might have to sacrifice your intention of maybe having the newest gear available, but I would say learning on the older stuff is a good thing because you kind of get the feel of the body position more, I guess, than something that's really stiff, like the NTN Set up. Not that I can comment on that, but I know even the axles that I've got um, are far stiffer on the, the things that I learnt on, and it took a while to get used to that. Um, so I would definitely recommend finding some older stuff to learn on first. Yeah, great answer.
1: Alrighty. righty. Um, so the next, next part of it, I guess, you've found a place to hunt down your gear. That's on Marketplace. But, Rich, what sort of gear should I get? Should I get the latest four-buckle boot? With the stiffest setting on on the uh, on the Majos or with the fattest moment Deathwish skis that I can get my hands on, or where where should I start out? What should I, what sort of gear do you reckon a beginner should start with?
0: Yeah, it's a good question, and I guess I kind of touched on the last uh, question we just had there in time in terms of what gear that I think uh, beginners should get, and I was saying kind of the maybe the the softer gear, so you you kind of feel the turn and what you need to do with your body body rather than relying on the gear itself. But in the end, you know, I guess it's whatever you can get your hands on. Like, I wasn't fussy at all when I started out and a pair of um, G3 targers on the old uh, Anams that I had and and then I've got, you know, some Volley releasable bindings, uh, or the, the, the plate anyway, with some chilli bindings on it. And they were okay for a period of time but you know it, it forced me to learn how to um do tally skiing correctly i suppose and not rely on the binding but um but in the end whatever you can get your hands on i think whatever whatever's available for a good price um a good dirt bag price make sure you try and get them down <laughs> yeah 30 uh,
2: percent always you should aim for when when bartering down um oh but a bit about the gear i uh, yeah I, I agree and I think um, I think a lot of people get into telemark skiing through uh, you know by virtue of starting out on some sort of pattern-based ski or some sort of cross-country downhill type ski particularly in Australia as we know that that type of setup is so popular um, uh, to be used around you know places like the Rolling Ground in New South Wales and the Bogong High Plains in Victoria but but, I mean, really, and this is mainly speaking from personal experience and, um, you know, from talking to other people, you know, you can, you can get good at telemark skiing by, you know, plodding around on on pattern-based skis, but, it, um, you know, you really can hone in your craft by doing it in the resort. And if you are in a position where you can get yourself into a resort, you know, spend a few weeks or, you know, like a season just, you know, it's, it, not, not even every day, if, if you already ski alpine, you just want to get a cheap telly set up and, you know, just start pinning around on that every second day. You know, you're going to, you know, the repetition and the, the amount of hours that you can spend skiing uh, while skiing in the resort is um, going to be beneficial for your telemark technique. But, you know, but in terms of the gear, I think, yeah, if you're just starting out, particularly if you're not sure whether you're going to like it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, low cost is always going to be a good thing in that scenario.
1: Yeah, so you can just sort of, you can just sort of buy get what you what you can, and then I think you'll naturally just if you enjoy your telemarking and the turn, then you'll naturally sort of progress down. Yeah, I'm going to buy some heavier stuff, or I'm going to buy some more lightweight stuff, or skinnier skis, or fatter skis, and you'll just sort of play around, just naturally like skiers do. They sort of buy a different size gear and test it out on that'll that'll be good for a certain condition um and then yeah sort of head down another path if you if your local conditions suit another style of gear
0: definitely secondhand or borrowing is is a way to start out to make sure that you do like it because it's quite an expensive outlay if you buy boots bindings and skis all new just to try it and then not like it um but if, as I've said in a previous episode, you know, us vultures will be hanging around the marketplace waiting for that setup to come up when somebody decides they don't like it after purchasing all that gear. So, you know, definitely go the borrowing or secondhand stuff, just to be sure. And,
2: and then we on-sell it for a profit gain of, you know, around 40%. So And claim and claim that we're helping out
1: the <laughs> Telemark community.
0: Alrighty, uh, Next question: Are there any events in New South Wales or Victoria to try telemark skiing and to borrow gear? Fergs, you've got uh, something there for that.
1: <laughs> I was going to say every every uh, ski resort is a is a telemarking event because you will only probably uh, probably only three percent of skiers are telemark skiers, and you can every time you go skiing, you can bump into a telemark skier and Crack up a conversation, and you can perhaps end up skiing the whole day um, with another t- another telemark skier. So then, therefore, does that make it a telemarking event? Maybe. Um, and so, I think, yeah, you, the world um, or how you view resorts or um, telemark events is uh, depends how you look at it. Yeah, and you can rock up to a resort and make a make a, an event out of a day. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's it's a good point, actually, because i definitely ran into a lot of tally skiers, had a good old yarn, ended up skiing together for the day and and subsequently learned something from them about tally skiing, whether it be um, a, a technique to get better or whether it's just uh, about and history stuff about tally skiing in general, whether it be in Australia or overseas. Um, so, that's a really good point. I, I think what Jacob was trying to ask if it's about, you know, if there are any actual organised large events out there that celebrate teleskiing and I can only think of one and in Victoria anyway and that would be the Backcountry Festival which was going to be held the first weekend of September but has been called off due to COVID. Um, What do you think Morgs? is there anything that comes to your mind about this?
2: Uh, yeah. I think the, the backcountry festival in Victoria is probably the only one because um, uh, Wilderness Sports from Jindabyne had some sort of presence there last year, didn't they, Rich?
0: They did, yes. So they, um,
2: they turned up and they had some potentially some telemark gear available for people to come and try or, or look at. Or, yeah,
0: they did. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he was. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce. Uh, was definitely at the first one too, showing off the, the latest and greatest gear that he had in his shop. Um, and that one was up at Falls Creek and he was there last year. And I know Simon said he was going to have a bit of a presence uh, there this year as well. Simon from Everest Snow Sports of course. Um, so, there's definitely an opportunity to try out gear and some demo gear and, and go around for a, a ski on that. And there's also some kind of, uh, well, I don't know what the layout for this year was, but in previous year, there, there were some workshops about, you know, um, alpine safety, uh, avalanche safety, and also um, some um, things about telemark skiing, whether it was maybe uh, an insight towards teleskiing, or I think it might have been a bit of a, a group session of teleskiers heading out to Mackay or something like that um, is a good one. But the, the other event, I think, not while it's it's not really a telemark event, but the Kangaroo Hoppet is a really good event to go and see a lot of, they are free heel skiers in, in one sense, they're all skating or classicking around, um, but that's an awesome event to be part of and I'd highly recommend anyone to join on into that and, and give it a go, whether they're doing the 42 or the the 21K or even I believe they have a, one called the Joey, which is seven. It's a, a really cool thing and thousands of people go and...
1: On the topic of yeah, organised events, um, I do remember that there was some sort of a World Telemark Day celebration actually at Hotham um, a couple of years back. I couldn't remember too much, but I've just done some quick searching and it looks like um, your mate Cam Walker um, used to organise some World Tele Day celebrations at Hotham. Yeah, that was the, that was the precursor okay. yeah. to the Backcountry yeah. Festival. for so, if, yeah, yeah but Obviously um, not anymore. The backcountry fest
2: well i think yeah uh, cam just said um you know that he probably didn't garner enough interest by you know uh, you know holding a telemark only well not telemark only but holding an event that's called you know the tele- world telemark day and you know essentially only attracting people that are going to be skiing on telemark skis so he decided to sort of broaden it out to um the backcountry festival mm,
0: which is the true religion backcountry skiing as cam said Cool. Well, um, final question before uh, a song from Sam. Um, how do you get good at telemark skiing? And Morgs, I know you just kind of touched on kind of getting into a resort and doing many days and, and Ferg, that's something that you can relate to as well because you moved to Mount Hotham with a telly set up and, and proceeded to only ski telly that season. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The best way to get good at telly is just there's no yeah no secret to it i think it's just yeah cut lots of laps on moderate grade slopes by yourself a lot of the time occasionally with interspersed with laps with other telly good tele skiers hopefully that you can learn a few tips on um, but apart from, apart from interspersing with other good telliers just yeah a lot of laps by yourself and yeah spending time just experimenting oh that turn didn't feel too good I'll put a bit more weight on the back foot next time and yeah and then just experimenting go with poles go without poles go forwards go backwards and yeah there's not not too many secrets to it but definitely yeah ideally lift accessed moderately steep, terrain will I think progress the telly skiing quite a lot um and ha- but having said that tele skiing in a resort I feel is perhaps tougher than backcountry tellying if it was the same steepness slope because in the backcountry you've got a nice smooth canvas of snow um versus in the resort it's normally pretty choppy pretty bumpy depending on what time of year it is. Um, and yeah, perhaps, um, that bumpiness is, or that bumpiness is definitely harder to ski telly. So, um, but yeah, definitely the, um, the quickest way to get better at telly skiing is lots of laps inbounds, unfortunately, but then, yeah, the payoff is when you can go, um, that country that, But hopefully, it'll be a little bit easier on the smoother snow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I moved to Mount Beauty and was able to, I can relate to that, having moved to Mount Beauty and being able to uh, go up to Falls Creek and ski a lot. And that was easy for me. Uh, I I imagine it's going to be a lot harder for people that live away from the snow, but yeah, if you can commit and move to a town that's closer to the snow, it'll be a lot easier for you to get a lot of practice in. Um, or maybe it's, you know, buying a, a season pass and and forcing yourself to do the many hours on the Hume Highway to get to one of Victoria's ski resorts and um, just committing every weekend because it is, like you say, just, just time on snow. Um, we'll touch on some resources. There's some cool little books you can get out there that uh, will definitely help. And some resources online like Absolute Telemark and obviously the, the Free Hill Life put out some good content that will definitely assist you getting better at, at skiing if you've got the time to watch or listen to those resources. But what are your thoughts, Morgs? Any more on that?
2: Yeah, well, I was just going to build on what Ferg. Um, was mentioning earlier and, you know, Ferg sort of touched on a point saying, you know, find what works for you and something that, that sprung to my mind when he said that was that when you look at, you know, if, if you go skiing and, you know, we so often do sometimes, Together and with other telemark skiers, you know there'll be a bunch of us, you know, five, six people, you know, laughing together in a resort or out in the back country, and you look at each um, at each skier, and you you notice that no one really has the same technique. So you know there is no, I guess you know there are there are obviously some parts to the telemark technique that are technically correct or you know would help you become a better skier, and I guess that's the same with probably many um you know physical pursuits and outdoor activities or sports but you know um this you know the telemark turn you know it seems so personalized you know what works mm. for one person might not necessarily feel good for another person and that's that's something that i guess i've noticed um you know while while uh becoming a telemark
0: skater. yeah you kind of develop your own style don't you you can you can pick who's off in the distance as they're skiing downhill um, as to how their style looks, um, which is something that's completely different from alpine skiing, I'd say, or even snowboarding. It's, it's almost like a signature. It's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was good. I don't think there's anything more we need to bang on about.
0: No, not at all. I feel like we've answered the questions. And Jacob, uh, I hope we shed some light on some of those questions you asked, um, Admittedly, that was a while ago you did send that email, so you probably found the answers already, but it was certainly good to talk about these things anyway. But uh, moving on. Morgan, is that a guitar you have there or is that... Oh, Ferg, is that a ukulele or a kazoo or something? What's that? You have got a song for the free healers here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, those are songs for the free healers. All right.
1: Absolutely, (laughs) it is. And I have not practiced at all in the last year, so we'll... We'll give this a whirl, but we'll see how it goes. I heard there was a massive dump up at Falls Creek overnight, three and a quarter inches on the small base of snow.
0: We we look forward to hearing the rest of that one, Ferg. We're just just warming up, just warming up the vocal cords. But it's been a great episode, fellas. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks, as always, lads. Yep, it always is good. And uh, maybe next year we'll go skiing all together, maybe, perhaps. See how we go with COVID. But until then, uh, thrill it up. I know you will, Ferg. you will probably go thrill it up tomorrow at Mount (laughs) (laughs) Thurberton.
1: Yeah, I'll be there first in line. Fresh trash.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're going to get the zimboni out nice and early. Get it nice and smooth for you.
1: I'm sharpening the I'm sharpening the skates at the moment, actually.
0: Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> All right, thanks, gents. See
1: you later. Good on you guys. See you
0: later. Those telly guys hope you have enjoyed this program. We'd love to hear from you please get in touch at thosetellyguys at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe for more fun episodes. Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram. Thank you.